0: everybody, welcome to the right. I'm your host, Randy Lee Boswell. On today's episode, I'm talking to Carrie Thompson. Welcome, Carrie. So excited to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Finally, we got our rescheduled time together.
0: Yes. um So let's start with just telling us a little bit about who Carrie is.
1: Well, Um, that is totally a loaded question, I feel like, and there's so many answers to it. (laughs) Well, you just Um, give us
0: whichever answer you want.
1: Okay. We're not going to know the difference. This is very true. Um, well, right now I am an author and a CPA, a proud cat mom and a friend and a daughter Um, and a sister. I love your kitty. He looks like my, is it a girl or a boy? A boy. Yeah, my mom's cat's a boy and his name's Atticus. He's all black like that.
0: This is Neo. He is the three-legged kitty. I love that. He's not supposed to be in the basement, but he followed me. So now he won't stop whining, which means he gets to be a part of the show and sit on my lap. So we'll have lots of cattail up in here today.
1: Hey, that works for me. Mine just ran away. He's watching uh, the deer and the squirrels outside. So. Oh, and what is his name? his name is albie oh after God. albus severus dumbledore he's a <laughs> harry potter <laughs> kitty i should That's add hilarious. that to my who i am yeah harry potter nerd to the core
0: oh my goodness so is my husband and my kid which has inadvertently made me one i'm you might hate me i wanted to stop the interview now i'm not actually a harry potter fan but i've watched the movies a bajillion times. So I know them quite well. (laughs) I've never read the books, because I'm not a true fan, but my, my kid was obsessed with Harry Potter and we watched numbers four, five, six every day for three years straight.
1: That's amazing. (laughs) Very dedicated.
0: Yes. Yeah. Dedicated or annoying. Depends who you
1: ask. Hey, at least you didn't have to watch like Frozen every single day.
0: Oh no, that's when my grandson comes over. It's it's he goes fra fra fra. So it's Frozen, and then it's Frozen two, and then it's Frozen one, and then it's Frozen two, and then it's frozen... <laughs> and it's just on repeat. Especially um, when he's teething, it's the only thing that calms him down when he's teething.
1: That's so funny.
0: So <laughs> now that we've now that we've got the fun stuff out of the way let's go to the hard stuff and talk about mental health you i'm always right
1: down here? to do that
0: Theo <laughs> says yes he's okay one last funny thing before we get to the hard stuff so because he only has three legs he's missing his front right leg and it's because he was missing one of the bones in his leg. so the Humane society thought it'd be better to take it off Mm -hmm. because he's missing it he doesn't have great balance when he's like trying to lay on your lap right because legs are all like at funny angles and stuff so I kind of am holding him in place so he doesn't fall but he just keeps wiggling around he's a very wiggly guy and it's just it's funny so that was my little funny funny note now we'll talk about hard stuff (laughs) because if you don't like animals then I don't know how you watch my shows I love my animals. They have their own TikTok.
1: Oh my gosh. I need to totally follow. I'm like (laughs) all about animals, especially cats. Like I can talk about cats and look at cats all day.
0: Yes. I have four cats and two dogs and they have their own TikTok. So to follow them, you follow at Fred, Daph, and the gang. F-R-E-D-D-A-P-H and the gang.
1: Yeah, I will be doing that as soon as we
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just them doing cute animal things. So that was the end of the episode. Thanks for not- listening. <laughs> all right, all right. Seriously, guys, we're gonna actually get to this this time. All right, I'm, I'm in a really fun, silly mood right now. I don't, I don't know why. I'm just like in a really weird mood. But we're gonna talk mental health. So tell us, before I get off on another sidetrack, tell us what mental health you have experienced
1: so i have generalized anxiety disorder um i also have a little bit of ocd and a little bit of ptsd but generalized anxiety is like the main offender
0: do you feel the need to qualify to the extent that you have ocd and ptsd right because you said i have a little bit of instead of just saying i have
1: um I feel like it's a little bit discounting of people that actually suffer with those um, to say that I fully have them because I don't have them to the extent where I have focused treatment for those areas, if that makes sense.
0: It does, but I'm going to play devil's advocate and sure, people people may agree with you, they might agree with me, no, but I'm going to play devil's advocate. Is that discounting the struggle that you're actually going through? To look at I feel it in like a that could
1: be and I'm not afraid to like own that I have them like that's not part of it I'm not ashamed of I mean I used to be so like afraid and ashamed of like my mental health um, struggles that I had and like especially with the things I was diagnosed with but um, I think it's just like because the anxiety has been like such a large part of my life and has been the thing that's affected me the most that's probably why I focus on that but I don't discount the fact that I have the other two because
0: it almost sounds very discounting and I say that from like a personal way too because I see I even pause because I have to think about it before I say it (laughs) I am a can't I am a cancer survivor I pause because like you at first I was struggling with the well other people had it worse. Right. Yeah. I didn't have to, I was really lucky. I didn't have to go through chemo. I didn't have to go through radiation. But what I've what I've learned with my therapy and all that stuff is that by doing that, I was really discounting what I went through because the emotional part of just being set and told you have cancer is the same as everyone else. Yeah, Yeah, I had surgery, they were able to take out the bad parts, and then I was good. But the emotional roller coaster I guess that I was on it was the same it just maybe ended faster than some of the other people's.
1: right for sure
0: yeah it took me a long time to say I was a cancer survivor because I was like I just had surgery whatever but it could have been worse and it could always come back right like that is something I've already been tested because I was having issues with something else and they're like nope it's something else good (laughs) good and then I realized yeah I should not discount the fact that I did have cancer. I just, it it took a lot of thinking about it and, and perspective change. So that's why I was playing devil's advocate with you just because I know I struggled with that. So I wondered if that was part of it.
1: No, I mean, I definitely think that that was like an actually really good example too. And like not to divert from like my own experience and struggle, but like what you're saying, is 1000% like what my mom does and what she is going through. Cause she is a breast cancer survivor. Like she was, got very lucky. Like you did where it was just like, she had a lump back to me. They did do like some preventative radiation just like in case, but there was no spread, nothing. And like, she just pretends it never existed. And because like, it wasn't as bad as other people. Yeah. So I definitely understand where you're coming from because it drives me crazy with her. And I'm like, Mom, like you're a cancer survivor. Like we sent her flowers in October, and she was like, and I we sent her flowers on like her one year of being cancer free, which is like the day of her surgery. And she was like, you guys shouldn't do that. I don't want to like whatever, whatever. I'm like, Mom, you're literally being ridiculous. But whatever. (laughs) Yeah.
0: No, I totally get that because that's where I was, and I had to learn to accept it um
1: say hi bud
0: Uh, no
1: no mom I'm going away now
0: (laughs) I don't want to be on camera you don't give me my own tiktok I'm not being on your show either (laughs) um but yeah so it was it's a really big mindset change because people would say oh oh it's so good that you you made it through or whatever and it made me feel like weird I I can't even words. it felt weird but then now I own it and I'm like okay yeah Not again, not to discount that other people's, like my aunt had to go through, she had breast cancer, but unfortunately it was much more progressed Mm than moms by the sounds of it. She had to go through chemo and she lost her and everything like that. So it's not to discount that she had a longer journey, but there was a point that I was thinking, oh my gosh, who's going to raise my kids if this doesn't work. And every time I get a, get an unknown pain, I'm like, back.
1: oh my gosh. I mean, I do that too. And but just because she had cancer, then yeah. I'm like, I messaged my best friend yesterday. She's a nurse practitioner. I was like, my boob hurts. Like I'm freaking out. Yeah. And she's like, you're literally fine. Yeah. Like, don't worry.
0: Yeah. So generalized anxiety disorder. Can you explain to people what that is? Cause a lot of people simply say anxiety. So what is generalized anxiety?
1: So I think a lot of people, and I like to explain it like this, because this is how my therapist explained it to me, because I was just as guilty of like using the term anxiety as most people are. And I think like people throw around the word anxiety a lot, but like nine times out of 10, when people are saying, actually I'll say 99 out of a hundred times, people are saying they have anxiety. It's really stress. Or they're
0: feeling anxious, right? You can
1: feel. You can feel anxious, anxious. but you can feel anxious. But if you're feeling anxious, you're probably scared or stressed or yeah. you can even like anxious, feeling anxious can even be excited. It's the same feeling. It's just what thought patterns and thought like path you're going to go down. Because you could be like anxious to see someone, anxious to go on a first date, anxious to, meet your new baby, but that's exciting. Yeah. Anx- but um, the true def- difference between like feeling stress and feeling and being ang- like truly having anxiety or feeling anxious and truly having anxiety is that anxiety doesn't have an identifiable cause. So the difference between stress and anxiety is stress has an identifiable cause that you can target. It's something that you know that there's usually like a definitive period of time that you're going to be experiencing this emotion or these feelings, and there's a reason for them. So right now, I've been feeling very anxious every day. Some of it is anxiety, things I cannot identify, but I'm selling my house and buying a new one. So like that is stressful. but that's stress. That's not anxiety. Anxiety has no identifiable cause. It's waking up in the middle of the night, terrified for no reason. And anxiety also you should know is all fear-based. So it's fear of the unknown, fear of what you can't predict, what you have no control over, but it doesn't have any root in truth. So if it's something you can identify, you're just stressed and there's ways to mediate that or a way to see like a path through because it usually will end at some point. But with anxiety, it's usually you have no idea why you're worrying about it. It's probably like a fear-based reaction to something. And it's a lot harder to control than a stress situation because you don't like you can't control it.
0: That's a great way to explain it. I, I really like that. <laughs> when did you first notice that you were struggling with this?
1: So when I was taking the CPA exam um, right out of grad school. So right before graduation, I started taking the CPA exam. And this was like back in, I started studying in late 2015 and started taking the tests in 2016. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Sorry. That's okay. And my baby is crying. Um, but so in 2016, I was taking these CPA exams and I am a perfectionist. This is where the whole, like, this is where my OCD comes in. So I don't have OCD. Like I need to like touch the door so many times or wash my hands so many times. Like that's my best friend has that type where cool. she will have to like, check to make sure her car door is locked like a certain amount of times before she's comfortable or whatever. Um, for me, it's all in how I operate my life. So my OCD like really came into play with my testing situation. Um, so it was, I had to study so many hours. I had to sit there this many hours. I needed to get this good of a score on the practice. I needed to do this many homeworks. I needed to finish this many lessons every day. It was just like oh, that's stressful. a lot. And you need a 75 to pass. There's, unless you get a hundred percent, which you get like special accolades for, you literally don't need more than 75. Like that's passing. No so one can. It's
0: like but 75 they- or hundred because you get accolades at hundred, but anything in between is kind of like,
1: it's all the same. All right. But because of how I am and like being a perfectionist and being OCD, I would not settle for less than a hundred. Like that was where I was, even though it was like so far unrealistic. Cause like, I'm a smart person, but like, I'm not a hundred smart. Like, that's really crazy for these types of exams. So I started, like, the first test, I was okay. The second test, I was okay. But by the third one, like, while I was studying, I started having panic attacks in the middle of the night. And I legitimately thought I was having, like, heart problems, obviously, because I had no clue what was going on. And that's when I ended up going to the doctor, getting diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and my little bit of OCD, as my doctor likes to say. Um, And that's when I finally started to put a name to what was going on. Um, But obviously, like back then, I wasn't accepting of it. And I still felt like such an outcast now like oh my gosh because like at the time like let me also add this because I feel like it's super important for people that have like mental health struggles or just like any struggle in life um I was in a period for a long time like probably most of my life where I was um having like very low confidence, very low self-esteem. And I just didn't, I never felt comfortable in my own skin. It was always like, what can I do to improve? Or what do I need to change about myself? And so having like another thing wrong with me per se, just added to that. So it's like, I already feel like I'm not good enough in all aspects of life, which is why I always felt the need to like over exceed in my academic life. Um, but now I have this new thing that I was so ashamed of and so embarrassed to, like tell people.
0: Yeah. When did you start owning it?
1: Honestly, after I had my mental breakdown in like 2019.
0: Oh, all right. Let's talk about
1: that yeah so from in 2016 like I'll just go back there for a brief second I started on 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 anxiety meds for a short time they gave me Zoloft they aggressively increased the dose I ended up having suicidal thoughts on it it was terrifying experience I
0: think that's what I'm on
1: well here's the thing with anxiety medication and or like any SSRI and you have to make sure that you're, I wrote about this in my book where it's like, make sure you're seeing somebody that's like specialized in providing antidepressants or whatever type of medication for mental Mm -hmm. health. Like you need to see a psychiatrist. Yeah. I went to my GP and like, they're good. They have like, they have a toolbox full of many tools Mm -hmm. for different things. And they all are surface level, like Qualified to help you with those things. But when you're doing stuff with your like brain chemicals, you need to have somebody with a toolbox only for brain chemical stuff. Yes, and I that's didn't. That's why do we have that. them.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. And like I didn't educate myself because I was in just such a state where it was just like, I just wanted it to go away. And the problem was like she increased the dose so fast and like everyone's uh, different. Yeah. I'm someone that needs like a very, very reserved gradual approach to yeah
0: that's what we did very yeah small.
1: exactly so we didn't do that which is like what led to that so anyone listening if you are thinking about doing antidepressants or any type of medication um definitely see a psychiatrist and make sure that you're taking the time you need because it can affect your whole life but that yeah. happened to me and I swore off meds and everything, which I wanted to tell that part. And before we get to the next part, so yeah,
0: it's a, it sounds like an important part. And actually, um, my kid, so my kid is on antidepressants now mm-hmm. and he started having a lot of issues. Well, I mean, kind of had issues forever, but like major issues around the age of eight and he they tried ADHD, meds, that didn't work. Then they tried I mean, anxiety, that didn't work. Suicidal thoughts, ended up in the hospital. Then we tried-
1: Oh my gosh, I can't imagine that for a child.
0: It, it, it's been a long journey for him. Um, and then we there was something else. He was probably on over the course of four years, like five, six different meds that didn't work. So he was like, I'm not taking anything else. Same thing with you. You know, I'm just not doing it. Like I've tried. I'm not doing it. And luckily, he, he has learned a lot of coping skills and understands why certain medications do or do not work for him. And now he's found something that really does work. So it's good. And it, it can be a long process. So I totally got what you mean. Like, I didn't have to do it myself, but I saw how it affected my son. And just I understand why he swore off meds. Although as the mom, I was kind of like, let's just try one more because I just, you need it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's so scary. It really is. It's such a process. Um, so I learned that way later on, but like at the time swore it off. So during the period between like 2016 and 2019, I was like in and out of therapy based on like how I was feeling. So when I was fine, I would like leave therapy, but really like I shouldn't have been, I should have stayed in therapy. Um, But things just progressively got worse. I wasn't doing the work I needed to do in therapy. I wasn't putting the effort in that I needed to outside of therapy, And I was just allowing myself to become overwhelmed. Like I was working so much. Like I just, the hours were insane. I was bartending on the weekends. I was trying to make time for friends. I was drinking way too much, partying way too much. And it just wasn't good for me personally. Like nothing against people drinking and partying. I drink and party still to this day, but like it was just excessive And then finally, at the end of 2019, I had like a full-on mental breakdown to the point where I had to live with my parents for three months and like right into 2020. And um, that was like during the time that I was finally like, okay, like I'm going to start talking about this and acknowledging it's part of my life because I had no choice. So like while I'm living with my parents, I like I'm unable to drive myself anywhere. I couldn't go anywhere by myself. I had started medication again, which ended up working out because I got a psychiatrist That's this go around. But it was crazy because like I, I started talking about it and owning it because I didn't have a choice. In order to see friends and do things and go to work, I had to explain to people what was going on. So,
0: so when you started talking about it, obviously it wasn't an easy thing to start doing because you were trying to hide it. But after
1: a while, how did it make you feel? Um, so I actually am, like, pretty proud of it now. And then I, it, it was weird at first. So, like, at first I was a little bit weird about it and, like, telling people. But it actually felt kind of freeing eventually. Yeah.
0: And that's why it's so important for people to speak up and speak out about this stuff because it's just a little part of you. It's not everything that you are. We're not defined by it. It's just something that we have to deal with.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, a big part of like why I wrote my book um, is because I want to encourage people to like definitely speak up and speak out about it because my belief is the more people that, Talk about it and spread the word the like, faster we can break down the stigmas. And I think that was like a huge issue for me in the beginning, where, you know, there were so many stigmas around it. And especially like growing up in a time when I did during like the 90s and early 2000s, it's just like nobody talked about it. Nobody in my family talked about mental health. Like, mental health is a buzzword now, you know, people love to talk about it and like yeah, talk about yeah. their mental health, but that like was never a thing. So I was like the first one of my friends to ever like really come out and talk about it. And since then I have had like so many people come to me and tell me like, oh my gosh, Carrie, I never knew you were going through that. I couldn't have imagined. Like you just seem like X, Y, Z way. I have been going through it too. I've been on medication since I was younger it's just like insane the amount of people that have come to me and told me things men and women and like I feel like it's even a bigger stigma for men because like men don't cry, boys aren't allowed to cry yeah Mm -hmm. and I like that's an even bigger issue to me where it's like men don't aren't like allowed to talk about mental health and have feelings like everyone has feelings it's weird to me to meet men like I'm single and like I guess dating, I don't go on any dates, but like <laughs> I would be going on dates. I would go on dates, but like, I've, I'm always a little off put to like men that aren't okay. Do I want a sensitive Sally? That's always crying. No, that's just not for me. Cause I'm not that way. But like, yeah. if you don't express emotion and can't have conversations about stuff like that, like to me, that's like kind of a red flag.
0: Yeah yeah I agree so my husband is kind of he's kind of like that a weird mix so we've been together for 14 years and I have seen him cry a total of three times yeah <laughs> right but at the same time he never ever discounts how I'm feeling or how the kids are feeling or yeah. mental health or anything because he deals with his own mental health in his way, um, right? Like he has anxiety um, a little bit, like not, see, I just did what you did and qualified it. I but know. He does it. Um, but for him, again, he grew up in a family that you just, you don't know, talk about it. But again, I think that was how, like you, we're kind of all, I think we're all in the same generation group, 90s, early yeah. 2000s. That's how it was. But, yeah, he's this weird mix of strong guys, but also has that softer side. He just you have to get past his looking like a mean exterior because he's actually not, but he just he just constantly has that that look of his
1: RBS. Office.
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, I didn't know if he, that term was used for boys too.
1: <laughs> I mean I do whatever. Oh, I think this is like such an important topic to discuss. And like, I feel like this could just bleed into so many areas, especially people have to address or like recognize that everybody has a feminine side and a masculine side. And it's finding what balance works for you and recognizing it's okay to be some of the other, whatever you don't identify with. And That's I think right. people in the LGBTQ community are really great at that because like they embrace who they feel like they are based on how they identify and they embrace like both sides of that so maybe you're trans and you were born a woman but like you identify as a man and but you recognize like both pieces of that of who you are and you've 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 actually examined that and worked through what that is for you and you own both pieces and how they work for you now as an adult and how has how you identify I mean not even an adult there I just I love that like the world is coming to a place where kids can I talk about how they feel about their identity so I think it's so cool
0: my my kid actually is trans That's <laughs> so, so it's awesome. funny that you're bringing that up um and so born a girl and two I think it's been two years now I want to say maybe around there um came out as a boy so that's why I keep saying my son my son my son um because yeah he's right in that community and he's embraced both sides and he still likes to cosplay which back in the 90s we don't really call it cosplay we just called it dressing up
1: dressing up yeah <laughs> right
0: dressed up um but cosplay is the thing though right he embraces that part of it and it's just he is who he is and that's what I said I'm like
1: you do you. I think it's just like such a healthier way to allow your children to develop. And like, even just in general, like your child doesn't need to be born and identify like, to identify as trans or or gay or like come out with those things like it doesn't matter but yeah. I think it's like so much better to allow your child to like explore both sides of masculine and feminine like boys don't have to just play with trucks no, and girls exactly. don't just have to play with dolls you know it's just yeah. like I think it's so cool that that a lot of parents now and people now are realizing like Assigning like these gender specific things to boys and girls, it's just really not healthy, and like I think that's why a lot of people in our generation do have so many. Men- I mean, everybody has mental health issues now, I mean, especially like teenagers, the pressures of the world change. Yeah, I can't just say one thing or the other, but like specifically sticking to this topic, which you know, you and I have trouble doing. <laughs> um, I mean, I do think it's cool, like, there are parents from our generation, like you, who who are allowing your child and like it's just good for future generations so like have them embracing both sides of their like feminine and, and masculine identities yeah. from a young age yeah, Because I
0: always did like I would have been back in our day it was called tomboy I was a tomboy like a hardcore Same. tomboy let me go climb a tree play in the mud it's all good like that's not feminine <laughs> but it's fun
1: I mean, that's like how I am too, where it's like I can be super high maintenance girly, but I actually hate being like I don't love being girly all the time. Like the things that girls have to do annoy me. Like, do I love getting a manicure? And I just got one yesterday and it looks so good, but like, my God, this is like an hour of my day. Yeah. And men don't have to do this shit. Like, (laughs) drives me nuts
0: yeah. well I only ever put makeup on if a me and my husband are going like on a date which happens I don't know twice a year maybe <laughs> um or I'm recording an episode because I think yeah. it's cool on camera but if you see me walking down the street some I don't think some people would recognize me because I got no makeup on my hair is not done it's usually
1: in a ponytail <laughs> dude people do that to me all the time it's like you're wearing makeup to work I'm wearing makeup to, well normally I wouldn't be wearing makeup right now because I'm working at home today but like I wear makeup to the office but there have been so many times when like people only know me from like the fitness community and or like my bartending job which like I do wear makeup to there but like I'm in a t-shirt like I, I'm not dressed up and then people will see me like dressed up out somewhere with makeup on they're like my God, I didn't recognize you. I'm like, I know I don't look that different. I don't wear that much makeup. <laughs> like, yeah, like this is kind
0: of an excessive me. and I put like little wings.
1: I mean, on. I love it today.
0: I I was like, okay, so I did this morning. I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, I gotta get it the theme.
1: And then I look like, at it, I love it. <laughs> it just like I've been listening to, like, I've watched like so many TikToks about that new Olivia Rodriguez song, The Good For You. Okay. Well, it's like kind of sounds like literally the same music from one of these Paramore songs. And it's like okay. my inner punk rock girl. And that's the vibe you're giving me today is that yes. punk rock girl. Vibe. I am I'm I am it.
0: loving the punk rock vibe and I'm loving the punk rock. Actually, I just, on TikTok, I found um, Citizen Soldier band. So good. You should give him a listen because it gives me the punk rock vibe. I don't know if that's uh, what he calls himself, but... Up. And the other best part of him, or the band—I uh, say him because on the TikTok you only see him as the singer—but uh-huh. he really has a band because there's music. Um, is that the songs are all mental health?
1: Oh my god, how fun!
0: I, I was just—that's probably why I'm in such a like a really crazy, weird mood because for the past like half hour I was listening to his stuff on Spotify because I had to look it up and listen to all the other songs—not yeah. just you know 15 seconds on TikTok. Well, I cleaned my room because everything's just sort of got shoved in there since my brother died. It's just like, shove it in my room, shove it in my room, just get out the way. And uh, so I was listening to him. And yeah, Citizen Soldier, definitely. I'm writing it down. Yes, do it because he is like my new favorite to listen to. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I say, maybe one day if he ever hears this, he'll let me interview him because songwriting is still writing. Yep, still counts
1: i agree wholeheartedly
0: yep songwriting still writing so you can be on the show talk about mental health that's,
1: that's i'm gonna start different. like tagging <laughs> you in all of his, all of his <laughs> yeah do it talks.
0: do it everybody start tagging me and stuff so that he'll let me interview him because it'd be awesome so awesome all i know really about him is that he um attempted suicide i think it says 2016 in, in the one video that i caught so i mean
1: he needs to be on that's the show it's been a rough year for all of us yeah. 2016. Yeah, yeah right. well, we'll just start tagging you and, and okay. get him to come on.
0: That would be so cool. That would that would be so cool. Um. So I wanted to ask you too. So we touched on we talked a lot about your anxiety. We touched on the OCD, but you did mention some PTSD.
1: So the I was actually so my therapist on maternity leave, and I had to switch to a different one at her her um practice. And I was telling her about this yesterday and she's the one has like confirmed that I'm not just like loosely using PTSD. Cause I hate using that. Cause like, I know we talked about like qualifying yeah. your, your, it, your like um, diagnoses, but I mean, there are people that have fought in war. They have PTSD, like legit from things. You know what I mean? Or people with like massive trauma. And I didn't really know if I should be calling it PTSD, but I was confirmed yesterday. Actually, my doctor has told me it too, but. Um,
0: but now it's from the, the brain doctor.
1: The brain doctor. Yes. And mine is actually considered medical PTSD. So there's like different kinds, like mine specifically is like medical PTSD. Oh, I
0: didn't know there were different ones.
1: Girl, me either. I learn something new every day.
0: I lo- that's what I love about the show is i
1: learned so much stuff. I know. I honestly, God, like I would love, I couldn't do a podcast by myself, but I would love to co-host a podcast with someone because I love talking to people. It's so much fun and you learn so much.
0: Oh, we'll talk. I, I could do, I could do two. I could do one with you.
1: Although would
0: we ever stay on track? So no. maybe that's what would be fun about it.
1: Everything I love about my favorite podcasts, My Favorite Murder being a <gasps> super <laughs> favorite. Yeah, I love them. And it just like, they go on a tangent for like an hour and then the episode oh starts.
0: God. That is hilarious. That is like, as I was starting to get into a podcast and I'm listening to different ones and then I came across theirs because I love true crime and I love uh-huh. all things horror and that kind of thing. And I'm listening to theirs. I'm like, this is so much fun. And I was like, I need my own podcast this was a few years ago, I mean, my one friend, we tried to do a podcast together and it, it was good. Like we got listeners and stuff, but we just, we weren't feeling it, right? Like we just didn't have the right, yeah. like this one, this one I love and I'm obsessed with doing. Um, but yeah, they're the ones that really got me into this. And I mean, we could tag them too. technically they're authors too now. They've, they've come out with their own book and they always talk about mental health Their second
1: too. book. I think came out last month, or is coming out this month.
0: Well, then I think they it's need, June. They need to come on this show too. One hundred percent, because they are always talking about mental health on the show. It's so important.
1: You have no idea how many times I've tried to have my marketing girl Kayla find like a specific email or a specific address where I can send them my book because I'm like literally they their podcast and like listening to that was one of the things that gave me like the bravery and made me feel okay about having a mental health disorder and being able to talk about it oh for sure and it just like it made me feel more normal and I hate to say normal like that's a thing nobody is normal but it did make me it that made me feel like what I I was going through was normal and like it helped normalize mental health disorders for me and like I just love them.
0: And I know like when they first started their show that they did have like a PO box, people could send them stuff. Yeah, or whatever. So like I don't know if they still do or not because they've gotten like huge
1: millions <laughs> of followers, yeah. Cap. So
0: but oh if I could get them on their show, that'd be like so amazing. It'd be like my dream come true.
1: Uh, dream come true is for them to read my book. Like that is like I could die happy.
0: There you go. They can read your book, they can come on my show. And we can just all have a party.
1: I'm like obsessed with this whole idea.
0: Yes, yeah, I love it. Now we just need to start. Me too. My favorite, murder, yeah. my favorite murder. My favorite murder. <laughs> I love it. So um,
1: yeah. I literally don't even remember what you're
0: talking. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about PTSD. I remember that. PTSD. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So what is what you were talking about? Like medical
1: PTSD, and I have
0: never never heard that. It, it
1: that terminology. So explain that one to me and I guess everyone else is listening. So medical PTSD is just very simply if your PTSD arises from a medical issue or a medical occurrence, something that happened to you, like in your physical body. Oh, okay. So, so
0: now I'm being nosy.
1: What happened? Oh yeah. So I'm totally going to tell you. Okay. Good. So, um, a couple, so right around this was like the beginning of 2019 yeah I just had left like my girlfriends and I were about to go on a vacation and I just like we got our nails done and we went to lunch and then like I was rushing from lunch so that earlier in that weekend I had met this guy from a friend and like I thought he was super cute he asked for my number like we were all out together one night and like made this connection and so he was like wanting to get a drink before I went on my trip. Cause I was leaving for my trip, like the next Tuesday or whatever. Okay. So like two days later and one, he wanted to go on like a date before then. And so I'm like rushing from this girl de- like lunch to go gr- meet him for a drink somewhere like close by. I'm like on my way. From the Mexican restaurant to this place, which is like round trip, five to seven minutes max. Okay. And by the time I got there, I am sweating stark white. My heart rate is over 180. I'm sitting in my car and this is like, what's happening? So I get out. It's like scary enough to me where I literally walked up to strangers on the sidewalk who were like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, wow. and they were like, sit down and keep in mind. So I'm in the parking lot of the place I'm meeting this guy and he's texting me like, where are you? Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. So the lady, obviously I don't even see this because I'm in crisis. I literally walk up to these people. I'm like, Hey, can you help me? Like, I feel like I'm about to have a heart attack, whatever. It was like, my heart rate is still like really pumping and it was really scary. So they, the lady or the guy calls 911 and then the lady takes my phone and calls my parents, obviously easy to find. So it says mom and dad. Yep. One of them went inside to like, get me some water. So she gives me my phone back. I text my date like I'm sitting outside, like I don't know what's going on and like try to briefly explain to him that I'm like freaking out. So mm-hmm. I am mortified, embarrassed. So emergency services come, of course. It's a whole fucking production in front of this restaurant. Fire truck comes first, of course.
0: Oh wait, they always come first.
1: Like what do you need a fire truck for? I mean, <laughs> This was bad enough, but okay. So we had the fire truck. They like take the vitals. They're so concerned. So the ambulance gets there. I get in the ambulance. And they're like, things are still like way. So I think at the when the fireman got there, I was around like 140, 150 heart rate, like sitting still on the ground. And like, wow. I'm very active. So it takes a lot to get to that like point for me. And yeah. like in an active sense, um, like to give our listeners an idea, my resting heart rates around like anywhere between 45 and 60. It's like super low. So that's
0: over double.
1: double. Yeah. Okay. Triple at one point. So like it was terrifying. So I got in the ambulance and it's still over 120 and they're like do you want to go to the hospital and I'm like yes I'm not going home like this this is like yeah, not going yeah. So finally they close the door to the ambulance like and every bit of adrenaline I had just and I start sobbing And thank God the paramedics were so sweet. The girl's like complimenting my, my pedicure and like how nice my feet were. And I was like, yeah, I just got them done and I'm crying. I hate needles, but they like put an IV in my arm and I didn't even care. I'm just like so scared and laying there and like, it was terrible. So we get to the hospital. I'm on like an EKG like monitor thing for eight hours. My date came to the hospital with my parents so that was a whole thing never spoke to me again since then of course but I'm like why would you come to the hospital then and like act all nice and then just never talk to me again that shit like that just added to all my other like issues I have about myself and dating and why I'm single at 34 so that didn't help but like I that experience was so terrifying for me that I like I'm so scared to go back there. And I also have like medical PTSD from my mental breakdown. So it's like the whole thing was just a mess. And the nail salon I've been going to recently is in that parking lot. And the first time I went, I was like terrified it was going to happen again. I was like, you're okay. Like I had to like deep breathe through it. I'm like, you're okay. You're okay. Just get inside. Like that was a one-time thing. The doctor didn't think it would ever happen again. Like you're fine. Yeah. So they think what happened was called SVT. It's super tachycardia. It happens to a lot of people once in their life. Oh. Um, some people have it chronically. So like, I know my friend, um, her husband has it like genetically somehow. Oh, I don't okay. know like how that works, but yeah. their one son gets it a lot. Okay. And it'll be like three hour episodes. So it's like a chronic condition, Yeah. but, um, the doctor had told me that he had had it once before and it never happened again so it was like not a medical emergency nothing was wrong with me or my heart thankfully but it was like scary af yeah yeah
0: sounds like it okay well and now I've learned something new <laughs> Yay. all right so I do need to start wrapping up the show because we definitely have chatted, 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 although I am loving our conversation. But what would you tell somebody who's listening right now who is dealing with their own mental health?
1: Um, If you haven't already started to see a therapist or like, Definitely therapists are counseling first. Um, if you are not in a point of crisis, I don't recommend going straight to the medication. I mean, I don't recommend waiting till crisis to get on medication, but I always recommend a holistic approach over medication if you can try it. Because medication does have a lot of long-term implications. Yeah. Um, and I don't think people understand that getting on medication is a trial and error process. Like you have to take something for four to six weeks to even see if it works. If it doesn't work, then you have that same process with another medication. It's just a lot. So like my biggest recommendation to anybody struggling with their mental health is see a counselor or find a therapist. Like I swear by therapy, you don't need to have a mental health issue that you think you have. Like you don't have to feel like you're in mental health crisis to see a counselor. The yeah. sooner you go, like we all have shit to work through. So the sooner you go and like get a counselor or therapist, like the healthier going to be anyways, because then I you're totally not waiting agree. until it like gets bad.
0: Exactly. When you wait till it gets so bad, a lot of times you can't implement the strategies that the therapists are going to give you.
1: you until you're out of crisis. That's like a yeah. pure fact. You can't. So like yeah. you're in therapy through crisis. And then that's my second, like part of this is if you're in therapy and you're in crisis right now, don't stop going to therapy when you're out of crisis. That's when you do the work. So, like, yeah. get out of crisis and then start to try to do the work so that you don't end up back in crisis again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it same thing with medication. Medication's great, and I've tried going off of it when I shouldn't have, and I didn't have medical approval to do so. But, <laughs> um, but the point I'm trying to make is that medication is not the solution. It is a part of the solution. Like I said, it's holistic. I learned for myself that I need medication and I should not go off of it not go well. Um, but that alone did not fully help me that in conjunction with the therapy I did is what helped me.
1: The therapy definitely helps people more than the medication. I just think people don't realize that. So like The medication helps you be in a state of mind to do the work. Exactly. So you, the medic, like medication is helping you chemically balance yourself so that you're able to do like work that you need to do to be happier and healthier every day. Exactly. So just relying on it. Yeah. It can't be your crutch to like get through. You have to continue. And like, another thing is like, If you're going to go to counseling or therapy or you're in counseling or therapy, it is your job to do the work. Like, I know you're paying somebody, but they're not doing it for you. They can't. They're there to guide you. And so you need to come prepared to work every day. And like, it's not easy. You're not going to sit on a couch and like boo hoo the entire time. I mean, I do that sometimes, of course, like everybody needs to let the emotions out. Yeah. But you need to like, it's not a woe is me thing. You need to show up and be prepared to work because the woe is me attitude doesn't work in therapy. Yeah, Like exactly. It's okay to grieve and to feel sorry for yourself and to be sad for yourself and sad for the way you feel in the moment. Like that's normal But it can't, you can't like live in that space.
0: Exactly. I, that is great advice. So now tell everybody where they can get their hands on your book.
1: Um, the best place I tell people to get it is Amazon. It's called the Anxiety Diary of an Ordinary Girl. And it's by me, has a picture of me and my kitty on the cover, animated, of course. And yeah, you're going to have to send me your address after this and I'll send you a copy.
0: Oh, yes. That would be
1: awesome. Obviously for the cat's ban.
0: Well, but... yeah, clearly. <laughs> um, my one again, a little off topic, but uh, I just did a kids' book in March, and I based it on the cat that I had growing up. And I had her; she passed away. I want to say it will be three years ago this summer now, and I had her for like 19 years. So I did a cartoon version of her for this kids so book. And it's, it's called Diamond the Cat because her name was Diamond, and in it on the the end page i have the end and then all around is like um what's that word oh not montage cuz that's in a in a show of uh, whatever uh, collage that's where a collage oh, of all real life pictures of her so people that's can actually so see cute. her i yeah.
1: love
0: that uh, yeah i love Kat so much she was just like she got me through so many of my depressed Days,
1: yeah. Go
0: and hug her. That I'm like, like I still, I, I still just want her back. Actually, for my birthday last year, my stepdaughter got me a blanket with her face on it.
1: Oh my gosh, how cute! Yeah,
0: she's like, I win everything forever now because everything's a competition in my
1: life. Absolutely. <laughs> so, in life.
0: Yeah. So I was like, yep, you definitely, you definitely win all birthday competitions because you got me diamond on a blanket. <laughs>
1: That's so amazing.
0: Um, but yeah, definitely. I would love to get my hands on a copy of your book. Yes, I
1: will send you on. But if you aren't on our show to right now, then you can get it on Amazon. I always tell people I think it's the best because like I will like manually do sales on there and also Amazon Prime shipping. So you don't pay for shipping and it comes in two days. And then um, it's also on Books a Million and Barnes and Nobles. Um, yeah. I think so there's one other place too I just don't remember like yeah. randomly book places are weird it'll like pop up like on random stores
0: okay. um
1: and no- normally my marketing girl will tell me but Barnes and Nobles books a million and then I always say Amazon's the best place to get it though because of the yeah. shipping being free
0: yes I love free shipping so now when I have to ship stuff, so, so like I have a merch store well this is this is from the merch store Advertise for a sec. And I um, love
1: that shirt.
0: Thanks. You can get your very own.
1: I'm going to. Let me jump to the merch store.
0: Yes. So, in the, but because I'm so used to free shipping, because so we have Amazon
1: Prime, yeah. I'm
0: like, oh, I have to pay for shipping for my own stuff. <laughs> but I do, because I mean, I want to have it and promote it. And it is it is really important. And 10% of the proceeds go back to the Canadian mm-hmm. Mental Health Association. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, I'm just so used to free shipping that every, anytime I go somewhere and I'm like, oh, it's not free. Do I really, do I want it that fast? Really?
1: Literally. Uh, that's me every time. Like you don't offer free shipping. What is this crap?
0: Right? We're just, we've just become so accustomed to free shipping. Um, all right. So, and where can people find and follow you?
1: So you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Carrie Thompson author. And then you can find me on my website at www.alwaysgrowingwithgratitude.com. My blog is on there. And then all of the articles I've contributed to are on there as well.
0: Nice. I love the title of that. That
1: It's my LLC.
0: Love it. So thank you, Carrie, so, so much for being on the show and indulging me in all of my tangents. (laughs)
1: It was so much fun. Easily the best podcast episode I've ever done. It was really fun. Bye. Bye.
0: She was so much fun. And then we just kept talking and talking. And we got so many ideas that maybe we'll do like a little joint venture. I'll keep you posted on that. Um, Of course, because we did keep talking, if you are part of our Patreon page, then we will have some behind-the-scenes footage of our conversation and then you can find out what our potential venture might be, unless it's announced before then, but I don't think so. you will probably be the first to know. So um, head on over there to the Patreon page and check it out for sure. As well, make sure that you hit up her links down in the description below because we always wanna support our guests on the show here. Hit the like and subscribe button for the Write or Die Show because we need to make sure to get this message out, share the episodes with everybody you know. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly.